It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, John? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone, welcome back to our Euros 2021 live streams on the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Today we will be talking all things quarter finals. So Switzerland versus Spain, Italy, Belgium, Czech Republic versus Denmark and the big one, England versus Ukraine. If you have any comments, questions, anything you want to get off your chest at any point during the stream, please send in uh yeah your questions via the chat and we will get to them at some point let's uh let's get this one pumping today lots of likes lots of shares let's uh i'm I'm excited about this one thing it's going to be a good one uh introducing let's introduce uh the bottom use screen first and we'll, we'll wait for the we'll, we'll wait for the person that everyone's talking about later uh bottom of your screen george gamble how are you mate <clears throat> Yeah, I'm I'm all good, mate. Not worse for wear in the slightest. Obviously, still buzzing after yesterday. Um, but let's be honest. I think we all want to know how the big man up top's doing, don't we? <laughs> well, you look good, mate. You look good, mate. But I don't think the same oh, can be said. <laughs> New microphone, everything. But um, yeah, Nigel Seely, mate. What have you been up to lately? I haven't really heard too much from you, to be honest. I think mate, I stayed in. I stayed. Uh, just quiet one. Stayed home. Had a couple yeah. of <laughs> I went around George's nan's house. <laughs> <laughs> she, welcome, she welcomed him with another cup of tea. No more lagers for young Nigel. Cup of tea. Yeah, that didn't really do much, really. Very quiet one for me. So, uh, yeah, all good. Yeah, no, England can, can game. I just, can I just say, can I just say, I think the highlight for me on your Twitter feed, oh, my word, I was talking to the other half about it earlier because it just cracked me up. It's obviously outside the stadium and you've got a man saying, Jesus, he's coming, he's coming. Yeah, and there's yeah. big Nigel here saying, yeah, but more importantly, did he say that football's coming home? Because if he did, it's coming home. <laughs> the best thing about that, right, it's quite funny. So we've gone down Wembley and there's a guy saying about, you know, he's, he's, he's preaching about the Lord and stuff. And I've grabbed the mic and obviously I've, I've, I've had a few shandies before I grabbed the mic. And I've gone, is football coming home? Is football coming home? Next minute, out of the blue, we don't see, there's another video after. And this guy turns up who looks like Jesus. He's got a long hair and his big beard. I'll, I'll tweet you later. He's come on. And I'm going by and, and I've got, now he's saying he's coming over. <laughs> <laughs> and there was about 300 people watching going, Jesus says he's coming. Oh, Jesus is coming. And it, was, and I was, it was a very, very funny day. And um Oh wow! Yeah, it's amazing. I'm I'm very lucky. I've got some tickets for the final and the semi final. Hopefully, the England will be there as well. But um, days like that don't come around much in your life, you know. But you know, I'm very lucky. I'm, I could say I'm a bit older than you guys, and um, an opportunities that lot they come about for me. So I feel like I was 21 again, and uh, it was fantastic. Loved it. Loved it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, it looked like a great day, mate. Bad news for you, though, is we've got, we've got, seems like your arch nemesis has joined the stream here. <laughs> Old Genie, he's, oh, Ollie Genie, I don't know what you want to call him. He says England will always bottle it. So, uh, <laughs> well, I think, I think England teams of many years ago might bottle it. But one thing that I actually thought last night, I thought they've got no fear. The England seems that they've never, they've never had any thing in their life that's ever been a, a problem there, you know, the, the team, the, the boys who won the Champions League at Chelsea, no fear. Kids of Man City got no fear. And I'm always somebody who's always pessimistic about England's chances because, you know, like I say, the first football match I ever wanted to watch England play was in 1980. And um, we never won nothing. But it's got a feeling, I've got a feeling about these teams. They're, they're, um, they've, they've, they've got something about them that they, um, and they haven't even kicked in first gear yet. And that's that's a, that is a scary thought, you know. And like, I'm always the biggest person to say, "Listen, I'm going to take England on." And they can't be two to one. They can't. They can't. They can't bet it. But um, I'm not so sure now. I'm not so sure. 
All right. Well, we'll get to the outright betting market in just a second, but I actually quite like this question uh, from Jay Meta. He's asked, how are Nigel and George not gubbed or restricted by bookies with their names out there? Well, the George one's pretty simple because uh, George Gamble, funny enough, that's not his real name. But uh, how about you, Nigel? Well, I am with most of them. Um, I've got one account at the moment. Uh, which is an account. And also, I don't really want to play into these rules where we've got to send evidence of funds. Um, I'm, not, I'm not interested. I've got enough people that I can use to get a bet on for me and I can have a weekly balance with them. You know, I can I can give bets to someone on every Monday morning. They can they can place my bets on. Um, I had an account once with one bookmaker <clears throat> that... Um, a lot of people used over the years. I had a lot of people use my account that didn't win so much money. And I was a bad gambler, like a really bad gambler six or seven years ago. I mean, really bad. And I've just learned now to, to bet it. But the thing is, I don't think, I just don't want to send a load of bank statements in and loads of stuff to, to, to have a bet on a format or other people to do it for me. It's much easier for me. Fair enough. There we go. Uh, good question there, Jay. Let's um, let's have a look at the outright betting market. But just before, as always, quick disclaimer on the video and all the videos on our channel, I or no one else on this YouTube channel is a financial advisor. This is just educational content aimed at improving your knowledge about sports betting. There is a risk of losing money when betting and what choices you make with your money is completely up to you. Loads of comments coming in, especially from uh, Oli Genie here. He is uh, he's very very sure about Italy and Denmark. He said, "Trust me, lads, Italy or Denmark." And I'm not going to lie, I actually agree with the man here. I, I just just from uh, I had a quick look through before. If I had to back any any teams, they would probably be the two I'd be looking at. Uh, what about you, George? Is there any any team here out of the last eight? that you're thinking presents a bit of value? Uh, well, it's, it's difficult for me to say because, I mean, not at the prices now. Like, for example, I'm on, uh, even when after the group stages, I went back on Denmark again on, on the exchanges and because I think they'll overcome the, the Czech side, which I'll talk more about later, and then I'll probably be looking to trade out of that position for a nice, healthy profit on that one. But for me, I don't see value um, betting with these lot. But again, it's something I'll talk about a bit later on. I do quite like Italy. Um, potentially marginally overpriced, but it, like I said, it, it's difficult for me to say. I mean, in terms of value on what's there, probably not a lot for me, to be honest. I think England, I agree with Nigel, I do have a feeling about England, but still, I'm surprised to see us so short. Um, so I'll be honest, mate, it's, it's difficult for me to say, but no, yeah. no value at the prices that are there now. Yeah, no, that's fair enough, mate. It's, um, I mean, I feel like I'm searching for value when I say Italy mm. and Denmark. I mean, it's just it's 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 such an unpredictable tournament, isn't it? So it's very yeah. very tough. Uh, anything for you, Nigel, that you like here? What you say about Italy? I thought Italy was shit against Austria for the first for the game, and then they won in extra time. I thought they were really poor. I didn't think they played well at all. They did what they had to do in extra time. They haven't beaten anyone in their group. I don't think they've beaten anybody. You know, Wales, Russia, really like to me that I don't think they're a uh, and Switzerland, I don't, I don't think they're winnable size. I don't think the teams that you should really worry too much about. Denmark, uh, we spoke on here at the very beginning. I bet Denmark at eighty to one. I um, I bet um, I bet them at eighties months ago. I bet them at sixty sixes um, after the group stages. But as an Englishman, and as someone who's a proud Englishman who's who's mad into into football, and I would just hate to be in that situation. We got to the semi-finals and England are playing Denmark. I would just, it would just be like my worst case scenario. I obviously, want Denmark to win, but I like Denmark to play uh, Ukraine. I want them to be in that position. But I think if you were looking for an angle now, the one team that I think would be the bet now at the prices would be Denmark. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously going to be favoured to beat the Czechs and go through, and then they've got a game against England to make it into the final. So, well, I would say though, Alex, I would say just look, yesterday that atmosphere yeah. was phenomenal, and I think that yeah, whoever, if England can get through to the to the semi-finals and the final at home, 
I never, I, I, I thought home advantage was going to be one thing. When I was one of these people who said, man, I said, England might not want to win the game because, you know, it'd be an easier group rather than home advantage. Wow, wrong. I was so wrong. When I went to that game last night, mate, that, that, that home advantage is it's a gold start. And I can see a lot of teams folding. I can't see Denmark folding, what they've been through as a team in this tournament. Um, but I think, don't underestimate. And that's why England are 2.873 because... That, you know, it'll be rocking sixty thousand people. No one will be able to travel from from those countries unless they're living in England. Won't be able to come to the game, and I think that's huge, huge for England, especially in the final. I think whoever England play in the final, they play Italy. They're big favourites, big favourites. Yeah, and I'll I'll admit too, mate. I thought the the pressure of um, just the whole narrative around England and it coming home and all that kind of stuff was going to become a bit too much for them and the pressure might might get to them. But so far, it doesn't seem like that's the case. So I think, <laughs> uh, I, think I can jump in the boat too and, and, yeah, say that I was probably wrong too. Um, let's, um, let's go to the first game then, gents, and evening to you to Janil, oh, and I just missed this one, sorry, Shane. Yeah, he mentioned that he'd rather take, uh, what, seven in odds on, on Sterling to to be the player of the tournament rather than take England outright at three in odds, which is an interesting angle there from Shane, but I think it's a plausible one too, don't you think, gents? The best angle is I tweeted about this morning. Drain <laughs> Sterling was 28 to one this morning and 10 to one with some bookies to be the sports personality of the year in this country. Hmm. I think it's I think Raheem Sterling, not only what he does on the pitch by being the top goal scorer, what he's doing for the Black Lives Matter movement, what he's doing in racial equality in sport in this country, he's become a, a figurehead in that environment. And I think if you can bet him at 10 to 1 or double figures to be the sports personality of the year, if England win this tournament, there's nobody in that England team who's not going to win the sports personality year. And I think that uh, Sterling will, will win that. Who does he come up against in that market? But at the moment, it's going to be Anthony Joshua. It's going to be Tyson Fury. Be, no. We've got Olympic Games. We've got like you know Ashes, the, the, the hundred meter runner. You're Harry Kane, but I think um, I think that uh, he's um, he, he, he'll be the one. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. Uh, all right, let's go to Switzerland versus Spain to kick things off. Switzerland pulled off one of the biggest upsets of Euros 2021 so far with that penalties victory over the favourites, France, the World Cup champs. Uh, and Spain played a pretty similar style of game against Croatia. They basically, uh, except the other way around, you'd have to say, they basically did everything they could to give Croatia a chance of winning that game. They were 3-0 up with five minutes left and uh, that first goal they conceded was just an, oh, it's just just absolutely, absolutely baffling. Um, I think me and you, George, both had Spain minus one. It's one of those games where, like, you you can't really be angry at the bet, can you? But you can be unbelievably frustrated with the result. <laughs> oh, definitely. But the thing is, you know, with, with any betting or gambling, even if it loses, if you can look back and think, oh, actually, no, I would have still placed that same. It was a good bet. I would have placed it again. Obviously, with variance, you know, it happens. And for yeah, that the first goal, first Croatia goal, my word, you know, that never happens. You rarely, rarely ever see that happen, let alone on the international stage like that. But... Yeah, I mean, first of all, fair play to Croatia. I mean, because I've written them off through the, the entirety of this tournament. I've been the first sort of say they're not good enough. They're an Asian squad. They've been relying on sort of individual brilliance, um, you know, from the likes of Modric and, and Perisic and what have you. But you've got to say fair play to them. They took the chances when they came along against this, uh, this Spain side and obviously pushed them all the way. And in the end, obviously, I think potentially the tired legs of these older players sort of told the story, really, uh, in added time, you know, when Spain got those two goals to make it 5-3. But... Yeah, it's a difficult one with Spain. I mean, they're creating all the chances. You know, they're top of all the charts for, you know, XG and this, that and the other. But they've, they've not got a killer up front. They haven't got someone who can just put it in the back of the net, have they? And they seem to squander so many chances. And, and they need to put that right if they're going to stand a chance of obviously winning this thing. Um, I mean, you kind of look at Switzerland, as you already mentioned, that, that penalty shootout over France. I thought it was a fantastic performance for them. I thought it was brilliant, spirited. Um, and for me, it was perfect in the, you know, even as a City fan, I like Paul Pogba. I think he's great for France. Shocking for United, but great for France. And, you know, when he scored France's third, I was like, wow, what what a goal. And 
gave it the you know the Cantona-esque type of celebration. Um, and I think it was a typical case of you know they thought they'd done it. Um, and fair play for Switzerland for for coming back into it, and obviously they made it pay. And I don't know if you've seen in the news or the latest things of the players' mums getting involved and having a go at each other, and it's just carnage in uh, the France camp at the moment. But no, fair play to Switzerland. Obviously, they deserve this tie um, against Spain. And looking at Spain, you know they are now unbeaten in twelve internationals. Um, they've won just five of those and drawn seven in the ninety minutes. And but they have conceded just once before half time in their previous seven. So you know they do tend to usually keep things quite tight in uh, in that first half. But for me, I think one big concern I have for, for Switzerland is Granit Xhaka has been pivotal for them this tournament. He's, he's been brilliant and he's going to be missing here uh, through suspension after obviously picking up a yellow. Um, and, you know, you look at the odds of Switzerland, I think I saw earlier, they're around 5.5. Um, and that gives them expected chance of winning of around 18%. Uh, but when they've been priced up similarly uh, in recent times, they've actually won around 43% um, of those games. So they do tend to defy the odds on occasion. Um, you know, Switzerland games, they've been very entertaining um, of late. Six of their last seven games, seeing at least three goals. Uh, and both teams have scored in five of those seven as well. And funny enough, Switzerland have actually been the first to score in four of their last five games. And that includes against France. Um, so I do think the Spain side needs to be a bit wary. I don't think they can come into this thinking, oh, last time was just a bit of a slip up. We won't do that again. This Switzerland side, they're, they're good going forward. In my opinion, they're much more dynamic in their attacking play uh, than Croatia are. Um, you know, they allow Croatia the three goals. So they do need to be wary here. They need to tighten things up at the back. And I, I think they will. I don't think Luis Enrique will be happy with the way his side played against Croatia. Um, and he won't kind of want to repeat of that. Um, but looking at it from a different perspective as well, you know, looking at averages, you've got the team that commits the most fouls per game so far this tournament in Switzerland, committed around 12 a game. And, they're against the most fouled side in Spain, around 16.8 fouls per game that they win. And with so much on the line, I think trying to hold things defensively, keep things much tighter, this could be a bit bitey, a bit more fiery. Um, I've been waiting to double check on the announcement of the referee on that one. But yeah, as I said before, Spain do create a ridiculous amount of chances, but they haven't got that man up top that they can rely on to get the goals. You know, Murata is very inconsistent. He's got a lot of good qualities, but he's missing a lot of the qualities required to be an out-and-out centre-forward, in my opinion. Um, you know, But they are, Spain are averaging around just under 18 shots a game, so they're able to get shots away. But a lot of the time, they're from, just, you know, they're from outside the box, aren't necessarily too testing... Um, so I think if Switzerland can keep things tight early doors I think they stand a, a good chance of giving Spain a real game and it will be a test for Spain they've got to be cautious so uh, for me I, I do like um, I know obviously we mentioned last time me and uh, Nigel just sort of saying about you know the kind of bets I think we were talking about offsides before weren't we but I feel like I'm a man on the fence I can see both sort of sides of it and if I can spot a bit of value somewhere then obviously I'm happy to take those prop bets because I think Switzerland will frustrate Spain. I think Spain will be forced to have a few shots from outside the box. Um, and looking at it, you know, Spain, they do hit a high line of shots. I believe it's like three of the last four games, they've hit at least 17 or more or something like that. And so Spain, 15 shots was at 1.91 on Skybet. And the same bet on Bet365, I believe was around, um, sorry, on Betfair was around 1.65. So, you know, the disparity between the two odds there is telling. And I think Skybet have priced that one too high. But I did quite like the over two and a half goals. I know I said I think it would be tight, but I just think the Spain do allow chances. They allow chances themselves. They do leave themselves a bit exposed at the back. And if Croatia can exploit that defence, the Switzerland side definitely can. Um, but then Spain going the other way, I think, will score. So I think over two and a half goals, something's landed in a lot of these Swiss games. That was at evens on William Hill, whereas a lot of other places have priced it up below evens. I think that was a good bet as well. So yeah, two for me in this one I quite like. Spain, 15 plus shots and over two and a half goals. Great stuff, George. Uh, the odds market here, I forgot to mention. So you can get Spain at about 1.7. The draws at 3.9 at Skybet there. And Switzerland, you can get as high as six, maybe a little bit lower than that. Nigel, any thoughts on this game, mate? I think Spain at 1.72, 1.7 is a gift. I think I think I think they'll beat the Swiss. I think a lot of things in these games as well. I think if you if you look at that game against the French, when the French did go three one up, they took the foot off the gas. That's all they did. They just they just they just eased up and they come they become complacent. And the Swiss got the goals, and I don't think the Swiss really deserved anything from it. I thought it was more that the French got it wrong, and the French sat back on their laurels. I think, and I think that's what they'll regret. They'll regret that. And I think that the Swiss here are a side that have probably had their cup, have had their final. You know, it's, you've beaten the world, you've beaten the world champions. 
you're, you're, you're euphoric and then all of a sudden you've got to go and do it again against Spain. And I think Spain, you know, you, you know, we, we say they haven't got a goal scorer, but they've scored 10 goals in the last two games. They're sharing the goals. I'd rather be with a team that anyone on the pitch can score a goal rather than a team heavily relying on one player and if that one player was injured. And um, I, I, I think they're on a different level. I mean, if you said to me now, at the, the last 16 stage or the, or, the, or the last group stage, for example, if, if Spain were really playing Switzerland, what price would you be Spain? I'd be 1.5 Spain. I just don't, you know, just because they beat, they just beat the French 1.7. But it's like any sport. It doesn't matter if it's tennis, doesn't matter whatever sport it is. When you have a big win, a massive win like that, there's only one way, and that's down. If you bet someone who knocks out Roger Federer at Wimbledon, the next game he's on court number 12 playing the Latvia number six. But he does because he can't keep that. You can't keep, and I think they're absolutely, they've peaked. They've peaked. And I think, I think you know, I know there could be goals, but it, if they do score, it'll be a consolation goal. I think Spain minus one goal. I think Spain will go 2 0 up, take players off, and I think it'd be a real easy win for Spain. I think 1.7 Spain is wrong price. Mm, very interesting. Love it, mate. Um, yeah, got a few people here who are talking about the both teams to score market, which I can get up on the screen. It seems like there's a few people interested in yes for that. So, yeah, you can get that as high as oh, nearly twos, actually. It seems like it's a bit of a. A weird market there. Maybe some uh, money coming in on both teams to score there. So, um, yeah, great stuff. We might as well move on, gents. Uh, probably the the biggest game of the quarterfinals here. Game two, we have Italy versus Belgium. I will get up the odds. We have Italy at about 2.4, 2.5, uh, 2.45, sorry, and the draws at around 3.2 there on Skybet and Gentingbet and Belgium you can get as high as 3.4 in a few places. Italy received a very, very, very stern test against Austria after cruising through the group stages, but they looked beautiful in general play, I believe. Uh, They just couldn't really find that killer blow in the box, but class prevailed in extra time. Uh, On the other hand, Belgium somehow held out Portugal for 90 minutes to go through, but the big problem for them is the injuries to De Bruyne and Eden Hazard. They look like they will be missing uh, for this game, which which really affects this, uh, affects sorry their chances of advancing here. Nigel, Belgium, Italy. Your initial thoughts, mate. Um. Well, you you made the point about the chances that they're gonna without those two players, the chances of winning the tournament uh, or winning the game or winning the tournament become uh, decreased. But I think the most important thing for me is that without those two players, the, their chances of scoring goals become harder um, and I think the game here, the bet here is to go under on the goals I think under two and a half goals under two goals under two and a quarter goals whichever way you want to go for it I think that's the way to play because we know how strong defensively are that Italy are I mean they, they haven't conceded a goal in regular time uh, for a long long time um, and with Belgium without them two players I think that obviously that diminishes the goals so I think that this could be cagey. I'm not surprised to see money come for the draw because I think it could really go to extra time penalties, that kind of that kind of thing. That's my kind of general feel for it. But I, I've got no real... I mean, I think the, the odds to win it are the right prices. I think they're, they're, there's no value in it. But I really do like uh, under two and a half goals or under two goals or under one and a half goals or under two and a quarter goals. I think... Going against goals in this match is certainly the way to play. It's a huge, huge match for both nations. You know, it's a massive, huge. You know, if they, if whoever gets through this this match will be favourites to make the final. I think whoever wins this game will probably favours against Spain. The only reason for Spain, Spain are uh, a shorter price in the betting to win the tournament is because they got Switzerland. But um, I think against Spain, I think both sides will be the favourites against Spain, and I think this will be very edgy. So um, I'm looking at. I think one goal will win it under 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 the goals all the way all all day long. 
Yeah, oh, it seems like that's been reflected in the market, though, mate. Under two and a half goals. I'll just check. Yeah, under two and a half goals at uh, as high as one point six five ish on the exchanges. Yeah, go under two and a quarter. Go under two goals. Go under one and a half. I would definitely. So I'm losing my voice. Sorry, mate. But I would. I would. I would, <laughs> I would, I would, go, I would definitely go under the goals. Yeah. Okay. And your thoughts on this one, George? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the same, to be honest. Uh, echoing the sentiments of Nigel there. I mean, it's a, a managerial battle of the Robertos in this one, isn't it? Obviously, Marty is up uh, against Mancini. But yeah, interestingly, before obviously those injuries, you're looking like four of the previous five nations that have knocked out existing European champions went on to lift the trophy. But I don't see Belgium doing it. I think those losses, particularly to De Bruyne, it seriously hampers them. Um, you know, he's creative. He's probably the best on the planet. Um, so he's going to be an absolutely huge miss. And this Italy side, I just think for me, I've always believed, you know, defences win you titles and win you tournaments, you know, in my opinion. Um, and it's rung true in, in most things, like anything from kind of NFL or this and the other, you get to the Super Bowl, nine times out of 10, it's the side who's got the best defence that wins it. Um, and for me, I, I think that's very much similar here. You know, you've got Italy, they do average, they average the most shots per game, and what have you, but it's more it's at the back that they impress me most. They're just so resolute at the back. And, and like I've said time and time again, they've lost Chiellini, but then they've got Bastoni, best player and best centre half in the uh, Serie A last season to just slot straight back in. Um, so I know, if we want to look at expected goals briefly, you know, Italy have got the lowest uh, expected goals against amongst any of the remaining sides at just 2.1. Um, and they conceded zero in normal time. Um, they've also allowed only five shots on target across their four games so far, so they're very good at keeping opponents out. And I just think with Belgium losing that creativity of De Bruyne and obviously Eden Hazard, who's very inconsistent at the moment, he doesn't seem to have that X factor, if you like, but he can turn it on at any point. I just think they'll nullify Belgium um, all over the park, personally. throughout. So I'm, I'm agreeing with Nigel that I see this go at least going to extra time, if not penalties, and... Uh, on Bet365, the market, the game to be decided after penalties at 5.5. Uh, I, th- I thought that was a, a potential um, bet there and even uh, potentially initially clean sheet. But for me, I, I think that if I was to be on one, purely for a value perspective and the way I see the game panning out, it's uh, the game to be decided after penalties either way. Um, yeah, at 5.5, I think that'd be where I'm leaning in a, a very low scoring affair, just like Nigel's already stated. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the results of these two teams. They they essentially haven't lost in a very very long time. I know I know Italy had an incredible record coming into the tournament, didn't they? I don't know if that was the same for Belgium. Well, yeah, you know Italy they've conceded 13 goals across their last um, 18 matches at major tournaments, keeping eight clean sheets. They've only conceded more than once on one occasion. You know, and you look at their clean sheet record at the moment. I can't remember how many games on the spin it is now, but. It's just insane. It's incredible. Admittedly, they've not played the best of opponents. Um, also, obviously, I know Nye's kind of said earlier, but for me, I, I see them nullifying Belgium here. I think Belgium being hampered and by that loss of De Bruyne, the creativity that he supplies is so vital for this Belgium side, particularly if you're coming up against a side as resolute as Italy, defensively organised, you need a player like De Bruyne just to find those balls that no one would even think of playing, carving that defence open and they're going to miss that and you can't replace him with it. He's irreplaceable. No one can play like De Bruyne. Um, and yet I just see them struggling to break down this Italy side. So for me, I think it'll be a low scoring affair. I do see it going to extra time and it really wouldn't surprise me um, if this went to penalties. You know, Italy's last three Euro quarterfinals um, went to penalties as well. It's, it's an irrelevant stat if you like, but nevertheless, Italy, they can take it into the deep end. They can take you all the way and I see that being the case here. I, I think Belgium could potentially I get on the score sheet. I think Italy could score. I'd see. I could see this easily being a draw. I'm not surprised he might have come for the draw either. So for me, I think the value bet that I might have a small uh, point or two on is just a game to be decided after penalties. Because I think at five point five, I th- I think that's a little bit high. I think that could very very easily happen. So that would probably be my my play here. But otherwise, as Nice said, go on the unders. Do you think with the loss of De Bruyne and uh, Hazard that Martinez might switch things up a bit and go a bit more conservative? I mean, potentially, but never. Who are you going to bring on to replicate what De Bruyne does? Who? You can't. I think. There I, think the other, I think there's two things to say about this game, and I think there's two teams that have tried to play a bit attack-minded football in games like this: France and Spain. And look, it almost cost them. It almost cost Spain. It cost France. So I think what England are doing is how you win tournaments. Not not pretty to watch. 
you know, when Portugal won the tournament five years ago, everyone said it was fantastic. It was a masterstroke. Greece won this tournament, what, 12 years ago? Didn't score it. nil-nil in every game. And I think Belgium have that. I think the Belgian teams in the past, you know, they, they, they've all been out of attack, but I think they they have a, they have a lot of, they have a ground, they know how to have a, uh, to grind out a result. And I think that, the, you know, I think the idea of being entertaining isn't, doesn't make you winners. You know, you, 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 you want to win ugly. And I think all the teams that can win tournaments are teams that can win ugly as well as, uh, as uh, and I think England, we haven't seen England from a, uh, from a, a forward-thinking team yet. We've seen them defensively. And I think the Italians and the, and the Belgian sides are both two sides that can win attractive football games or they can win messy games. And I think the two of them will cancel each other out. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised to see it can be a nil-nil. I really wouldn't. I really it wouldn't surprise me at all. All right. I'm looking forward to this one, gents. It should be a cracker. And that will be uh, Friday night, the second game on Friday night for people in Europe and the UK. Uh, let's move on then to Czech Republic versus Denmark. We'll get the odds up on my screen. 2.15 for Denmark. Draw is uh, at about 3.35. And Czech Republic, you can get as high as fours. Italy, uh, sorry, not Italy. Not many people would have uh, seen this quarterfinal coming, you wouldn't think, especially the inclusion of Czech Republic, who pulled off that massive mammoth 2-0 victory over the Dutch. The uh, the chic show continues. And and talking of big wins, the Danes pulled off on themselves with, uh, you know, the maybe the performance of the, of the round of 16 with that 4-0 win over Wales. Everyone's second favourite team, you'd have to say, with a clear path to the semi-finals now. Nigel, I know you've got uh, loads of money on Denmark. I feel like lots of people have got their money on Denmark from those crazy prices pre-tournament. But um, how do you see this one playing out? Do you think Czech Republic can uh, recreate what they were able to do against the Dutch? Not at all. I, I don't see the yeah, Amos have any chance. With I think, I think Denmark from the <laughs> open of any game started with the fastest tempo team that had seen the straight off the front first straight away straight into the games and they set the stall out on what they do um, I'm, I'm staggered the year 2.1 Denmark again I mean let's be fair when 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 um, uh, Denmark plays Russia um, Denmark started at 1.66 I think 1.68 something like that I don't think there's the really odd. I think they're one point I think Denmark 1.68 oh, oh, they closed at that yeah I think that's what they priced. They closed one point. I think they started around about one point seven six. Yeah, down it might about, have been eight, one point eight or nine. I think it went off about one point seven. I don't think there's much really, not much really between Czech and Russia. I, I thought England could have put. You know, I don't think. I think they were very lucky. They were Scotland battered them in the first game. Scotland were much the better side against the group stages. Shit's got a, a header and he scored a worldie from the halfway line. But other than that, that Scotland was couldn't score the, the goal, and, and I'm amazed at 2.1. I think everyone's look at this Danish side and think if they were in Copenhagen, where it's rocking, they would you know they had they were home advantage against the uh, against the Russians in that game, and they went they went down to 1.7. But I don't I don't think the Czechs are that great shape. I know they they beat, they beat a Dutch side who for me were very poor. The manager I think is very poor, and. Um, you know, I think 2.1 for Denmark, I think it's the wrong price. I think if they start off with the same intensity as they've started since the, the, the first game, since obviously the situation happened with uh, with Ericsson, every single game they've started off the front foot and they've been brilliant. Even in the first half against Belgium, their goal next year was something like 2.2 after the first half. Um, They'll be far too strong for a Czech side for me. Czech, the Czech side are, are, are spoilers. They've got Chuchek and they've got Kulfar midfield. They're spoilers. They get in your face. They they mix it up. They've got a guy, they've got a guy who's scored a couple of goals and he's got, he's got a bit of confidence about him. But other than that, I think they're a, a very ordinary side. And I think Denmark at 2.1 is a big price. Mm, interesting. What do you think, George? Yeah, once again, think on similar lines. thought the Denmark price to, to win the game was far, far too big at 2.1 there. Um, I mean, 
the Czechs, they, they've definitely surprised me. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the tournament. So, you know, they've done well. You know, the first team since, I think it was 1980 to deny uh, Netherlands a single shot on target at the Euros. And so they're capable of a solid defensive performance. But let's be honest, they yeah, they played well, but they were helped by the fact that Delish was obviously sent off as well. And uh, m- momentum is such a huge thing in football. And the Danes have it at the moment. And if they were obviously, like we said, playing in Copenhagen, then I wouldn't give the Czechs any chance but I still don't give much of a chance but any chance at all if it was in Copenhagen obviously this one's in Baku and as Nigel's nice already said that they are very ordinary you know Patrick Schick he's fair play to him you know obviously and he's chasing a record he's a goal away from equaling um, Milan Barros's Czech record for most goals at a single Euros final um, but they've got him who's obviously scored that world he's got a little bit of hitting a little bit of a purple patch shall we say Um and yeah, they've got the players that will just get in your face and try and ruin the way that you want to build up. And I just think Denmark have the far superior quality. They've got that bit between their teeth. They've got that momentum behind them after everything that's uh, happened with kind of Ericsson. Um, my only concern with Denmark is, you know, that arguably, in my opinion, player of the tournament already won. Uh, Simon Kier, he's a doubt heading into the Wales game and came off injured midway through the second half. Um, so obviously he'll be a, a big miss if he's not available and the same with Yusuf Paulson he wasn't even in the squad to face Wales so he's possibly a doubt for this game but the point is as a collective this Danish side just going forward they were joy to watch that game against Belgium that we mentioned they were fantastic in that game and were probably unlucky to to lose it all told um, but yeah and also you look at just looking at kind of other sort of stats uh, the ones I like diving into um, of the teams to progress to the quarterfinals, the Danes, they're the only only squad to register six plus shots on target in all of their matches so far. They always find a way of, of hitting the target and I don't think Czech, the Czech Republic are going to be able to keep them out, in my opinion. Um, as we said, they're around the odds of 2.1. Gives them expected chance of winning of around 48%. But in recent times, when they've been priced up similarly, they've actually won just over 90% um, of those matches at around those odds. So, yeah, I completely agree. Do think they're completely overpriced. I'd have them much lower than that. You know, they've been leading at half time in four of their last five matches. They they come flying out of the blocks, Denmark. Um, and I think this is their game easily. I think this is the game that they win. I think it's similar to what you said before about Switzerland and France. You know, Switzerland have already had their final. And I think that game against the Netherlands took a lot out of them. That was huge for them. You could see it in the celebrations. No one expects them to beat Holland. Okay, it's not as big as beating France, but for them, beating. Uh, Netherlands was just absolutely massive but in that game alone 40% of uh, Czech Republic shots on target this tournament came in that game against the 10 men of, of Netherlands you know that they're, they're going to mm. struggle to to get at this Denmark side in my opinion um, and interestingly you know Denmark they've scored four goals in back-to-back matches uh, at Euro 2020 and they're playing great they switched to a back three and and they're playing really well and I just I can't look past them I can't see Denmark not progressing uh, ahead of the Czech Republic here so for me just yeah, Denmark to win at 2.1 um, was the standout. Um, I also quite like the, the Asian goal line. That was at just over two uh, at 1.82. So as long as there's two goals in the game, we at least get our get our money back. Because uh, yeah, I, I do see goals in this game personally, um, particularly with the Danes. So yeah, fa- fairly easy one for me. Fairly straightforward with that um, the price being wrong. Just Denmark win uh, and the goal line. All right, very interesting. I, I feel like it's just another classic case has been the uh, case with some games, this tournament, how you kind of view the game. Do you see it as like, you know, XG's the the way to go? Like you can't really ignore the underlying data, then Denmark's your team. But if you're... I'm, those... I'm a massive fan of underlying. I'm a massive fan of old XG. I'm a massive fan. Over a season, fantastic. Over three games, yeah, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. It's, that's that's the how you can make the case for the checks here. Mm. Is that anyone, um, I mean, anyone who's going by the data in this tournament will struggle, especially because Denmark have had all three of their games in Denmark in Copenhagen. They'd be a very different side. I think you just have to watch what you've seen with your eyes and ears, and look, look at mm. what you've you've assessed and what you think of what you think of these teams. You know, the the reason why Denmark are the price they are is because a they're not playing in um, in Copenhagen and B is because of the injury concerns that George touched on but from what you've seen from what I've seen from the Czechs there's nothing in it. I wouldn't be worried about that and no. you know if you, if you ask me before the, the, the Holland game you said to me what price I'll be Denmark to win over 90 minutes I'll be 1.8 just because yeah. they beat a poor Dutch side the market's gone 2.1 I, I don't, I don't buy into it. I don't buy into it that much. 
Mm. All right. Very interesting. Should be a should be a good game. I think either either team that wins here uh, is it's a great story for either nation to make it to a to make it to the <coughs> semifinals. Let's talk about the main event, gents. England versus Ukraine. I will get the odds up. They are very very low for England. One point four two. The draws at four point five, four point six, and Ukraine quite high there at tens. England have rocketed into favourites after that win over Germany and they come up against the biggest outsiders of the tournament in Ukraine who pulled off a stoppage time winner against the 10-man Sweden. This is uh, coming from a very unbiased view as I am not English. England, they should beat Ukraine pretty comfortably after watching that game, England. I watched the full England, uh, uh, sorry, Ukraine-Sweden game. If I'm going to be honest, Ukraine are not are not great at all. I, I think England are a way classier opponent, but that's just my view. I couldn't believe the odds that came out on England. It, when it first opened, you could get 1.65 for England, uh, and I think you could get England to win to nil at like 2.5. Um, so if you're one of the lucky ones like myself that got on very early, then well done because that's uh, I, I couldn't believe those prices. But um, yeah, George, mate, what, do you see any kind of angles here? Do you do you see any value in England at one point four five? I mean, we should be. I, I don't like taking bets kind of that low. I mean. We should be absolutely smashing them, if I'm honest. I've not been impressed with Ukraine at all uh, this tournament. I, before we came into it, this tournament at all, I, I was kind of looking forward to it from a City perspective, being a massive fan of Zinchenko and his story. And I was quite keeping an eye out for how he's getting with the Ukraine. And so I try and watch as many of their games as I can. But they've been dreadful. I think before the Sweden one, they'd only beaten, was it North Macedonia? Um, obviously losing out to Netherlands in that 3-2 game. Um, obviously down tools practically against Austria just thinking they're already through and even the game against Sweden if you watch that game Ukraine shouldn't be here Sweden that's how they miss so many times I think they hit the woodwork three times or something like that you know Sweden were phenomenal going forward and they just couldn't break them down then obviously Sweden get that red card and it's, it's a different story but Ukraine are very very lucky to to be in this situation in the first place and, and I don't I don't think they've got it in them to, to progress further. I mean, it's hard to look at this one without uh, the rose-tinted specs on. Um, and you, it's not even just this tournament. You look at Shevchenko's side, like they've kept just three clean sheets across their last 19 internationals. Um, they've won only six of those. and you know. But they do, to be fair to them, they boast a decent record um, against sides currently ranked in FIFA's top 10. Um, winning two, drawn three, and lost two of those as well. Um, but yeah, that, that England victory against the Germans... It was, I think, I think that's kind of a catalyst for, and it's going to propel us for the rest of this tournament. It was such a massive moment. Obviously, the first time we're beating them in, in a major tournament since '66, and I think to get that sort of, you know, that monkey off your back, I, I think it was vital for us. Um, I think the confidence with us, as I've already said, momentum is huge in football, and I think the momentum momentum is with us now. And you know, I don't see it faltering um, at the hands of Ukraine personally, and. You know, obviously, you said they're at one point four. I mean, it just feels like a, a bit of a low price for me. So I was kind of um, sort of looking elsewhere. Um, potentially, I think because it will be cagey, I think Ukraine will try and adopt a more resolute approach, more organised approach against England. Um, and I, I can see the unders coming in unless England decide to kick into another gear and start scoring goals. But you know, you look at England; they've scored first, um, I believe, in, in nine of the last ten, and obviously Scotland being the one they haven't and there's been under two and a half goals in all of their last six and I just think Nigel already touched on it as well and we're playing this we're playing our football the right way the, the way we're playing that's how you win tournaments um, you know I, I think it is cagey but I, I do think we'll take maybe one or two chances when it comes to us but I don't see us maybe blowing out um, and I just think I do think Ukraine will be there to concede but I think it's just going to be a tight cagey affair for both sides, knowing that you know there's a semi-final place at stake. I don't see there just being a hat full of goals. Obviously, Ukraine they had to play that extra time against Sweden. Obviously, I doubt they'll be fatigued. You know, these are a fit professional athletes, and obviously, there's a fair few days between now and obviously when they play. But for me, I just I do see momentum being on the side of England, so they'll have the initiative. Um, and yeah, three of England's four games so far, they've been level at half time. Um, I mean, such as I said, a cagey affair. Everything on the line, semi-final place. 
England are solid defensively. I think we can say that now. Before, I wasn't sure if it was just more luck or than anything. But yeah, Stones and Maguire at that back, you sort of feel comfortable with them there, dealing with everything in the air. They can play with the ball at their feet. They're both being out well. So we're kind of covered um, in all aspects. But we are quite conservative in attack. And you know, it remains to be seen if that goal that Harry Kane finally scored, if that's sort of, again, a catalyst for him to score a couple more goals because he looked like he was struggling. Um, but I think we could potentially see another half-time draw in with uh, England going on to get the win. And the odds on that for a half-time draw at 2.25 didn't look too bad to me. And the under two and a half goals was at 1.8. But with that, I am just, I'm relatively wary that after that result against Germany and, you know, Ukraine being very, very poor, that, uh, you know, England could get two or three here. Um, sorry, it's difficult on that one. But I do quite like the half-time draw. I think I'd maybe have a, a small amount on on that there. Yeah, Nigel, any any chance you think of England being complacent going into this one after a, obviously such a resounding win and then on top of that facing the, the worst side in the competition if you go by the betting odds? I think the first thing is I don't think England really were that resounding. I think they played well. They did what they had to do and they played against the pretty poor German side and got the job done. I think we, we, we're talking as though England have point of performance one five or six nil. It was a nervy game and England got the ball in the back of net. If uh, Muller scored the opportunity, we could have had a very, very different game to what we had watched. My only big problem, I think at 1.65 England was a crazy price. 1.4 is also a crazy price. I think the price of England is, is somewhere between the two, maybe about 1.52, something like that. I think the English should probably beat. The thing is with England is I, I got a feeling that um, I don't think it will help them going to Rome. I think you know. I think you know. After that win and that that uh, uh, George goes on about momentum, I think playing at Wembley again with that crowd is what they want. They don't really want to go around. There'll be no English fans there. There's, you know, only no one's allowed to travel there. There'll be a few people who live in Rome who are going to the game. And I think it will be a very very hard thing for those players to lift that game from the from the high of what they had last night. It's a very small turnaround. But I do think England will win the game. And I think where they'll win the game is I think they'll win the game off the bench. I think he'll go exactly the same 11 as he started with the weekend. I think he'll play two holding midfielders because he doesn't want to lose and he doesn't want to... And when you, every time you see Phillips um, and you see uh, Rice on the uh, on the team sheet, you just bet on the two and a half goals, in my logic. I think that shows we're defensively strong. But I think where England will get the job done, they'll get the job on by bringing on Grealish and bring on the flair players in the second half. We haven't even seen Sancho playing this tournament. We haven't even seen Rashford play a bit part in the first couple of games. We've never needed to use them. We've never needed to bring them on. But I think when when the game does hit a lull, I look at the bench and England could bring on three players on the bench that could win the game against anybody in this tournament. And that's what I think will happen here. I, I quite like um, George's idea of going for a draw at half-time. But I think England will win it. I would, I would just bet England to win to nil. I think you know, you you, you said it was two point five. I think maybe two point. It's one. yeah, it's like two something now. Yeah, very low. Have a look. I mean, I, I just think I think I think England will um, will go will go through. I'm going to see the comment there. Someone said the heat in there is a factor in Rome. Well, it was 32 degrees when we played Croatia Croatia in the first game, and you know that wasn't a problem to the. And the fact is, the game is eight o'clock at night. So it's nine o'clock at night at Rome. What would it be? Twenty-four degrees, twenty-five degrees. That's 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 nothing. I mean, if it's Seville at three o'clock in the afternoon, that's when the heat heats a problem. I mean, it, it, the problem with them, and also if you look at the Ukrainian side, I mean, I was in the land of Nod when the Ukraine game was on the other night. I, was in, <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know what was going on. But I watched the uh, the highlights. You said it. you said Ukraine, Latvia, Latvia, Ukraine. Sorry? You, you, you were young. Um, don't worry. You were so oh, terrible the thing, joke. <laughs> the, the thing was that what I did see of it today on the highlights, they were out on their feet, the Ukrainians. They were out on their feet. They played, you know, another 120 minutes of high-intensity football, whereas, you know, England's, England could, I think England could make six changes from that side and still beat the Ukrainians pretty easily. I think 1-0, 2-0 England, again, job done, back to Wembley. See how we go for the semi-finals. Yep. Um, Ashley Wade here says, "Imagine thinking England are favourites when they were lucky to escape against Germany." To be fair, to be fair, that's a silly comment because if you it, math, everything about betting is mathematics. England, we've, we've spoke about every single game in this quarterfinals. 
England are 1.4 to win in 90 minutes. Well, they to qualify, they're 1.2 to qualify. It's of course they're going to be favourites because they play Ukraine and then there's a chance they play Czech Republic or, or, or Denmark. When they get to the final, it makes it, it makes it, you know, that's the time to oppose England. No, 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 no time to oppose England now because, you know, in the final, if, if there was, if, if England were in the final and the market went crazy with patriotic support and crazy support, the time would be to back a Belgium. But of course they've got to be favourites. They've got to be favourites because they're, they're 1.2 to qualify. Well, all the other teams are like 1.8. It's logical. Yeah, I mean, I can back Nigel up from a very unbiased perspective too. It makes absolute sense that they're favourites. Maybe they shouldn't be as uh, as short as they are, but, I mean, they, they really should be favourites. They've got two home games. Yeah, where the value, part- sorry, Alex, where, where the value is, if you want to oppose England, where you're going to get the value is in the final. And I think that all the proper punters and all the shrew punters will come out in the final. If England got to the final and they were playing in Italy, or a, or, a, or a Belgium or a Spain, the price on England would be absolutely wrong. It could because the, it, it, that's where the value that's where the value will be. England will probably be favourites for them game, quite overwhelming favourites. I don't think they should be overwhelming favourites, but to be favourites for the tournament now, of course they're the favourites for the tournament. They play yeah. Ukraine. Yeah, no, definitely they have the they have the easiest path to the final out of all the out of all the big teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we discussed at the start, like you know, there's there's value to be had there on Denmark. Maybe there's, I mean, we mentioned Italy too. It, it's not about, it's not about, um, I guess where the value is. It's more just saying that yeah, England should be favourites right now, no matter no matter what the odds are. Um, I was going to finish off. There was a comment back here that I uh, sorry. There's just been so many comments, guys. I haven't been able to get to. Um, get to all of them but i like this question here from uh from shane he says neutral question for the panel do you rather just place value bets rather than back to lay value prices on the betfair exchange do you see as trading out as loss of potential full bet price value does anyone want to answer that one well my 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 philosophy of betting i never hedge anything yeah. My, my philosophy is hedges are for gardens. And um, I think that if, if you make something value to bet it, why would you give away, you know, if you think Denmark are going to win this tournament at 10 to 1, they get to the final and they're 2 to 1, surely you, you've, well, what's the point of giving it back? I, you know, I don't see, I think you give too much margin to give money back and laying it back. And, and, and I understand there's a philosophy of people who are, who are traders who go in and out of markets and trade markets, but you've got to do that with every one of your bets. There's no point in becoming a trader one week and then being a punter the next week. You know, you, 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 have to, you have to do one or the other. And I feel that you either, you either go one or – I think over a long period of time, the safest option is to trade and take the money. But I think if you're beating the book and you've got half a clue, I think stick with your original opinion. That's my personal view. I, you know, if I bet a, a golfer and he's too clear and into the final round of, the, of a golf tournament, I'm not laying him back at even money. I'm more inclined to have more on him at even money. Yeah. That's just because I made him value at the beginning. He's two shots clear. So surely I think he should he should win. Unless he's a complete screw drop, screwball and he's mentally, he can't handle the pressure, then it's different. But I think most of the time, I think you give you talk yourself out of bets because I think your emotion comes into it when you're winning and think I can take a little bit of money out of this. So I would always rather stick with it. But if you're a trader and that's what you want to do, and you've that, that you know you have not most traders don't really have an opinion of the sport at the beginning. They just play numbers. Yeah, crack on and do it. Crack on and do what you. That's your. But you, I don't think you can flip from week to week. Because if you do, you send yourself completely mentally deranged because you're thinking, why, <laughs> why have I done this? Why haven't I done that? Why did I do You either do one or the other and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think there are people that can, can like have and, and do do both at the same time. I, I, don't, I don't think they like actively try and trade the market as such if they find a plus ev bet they'll they'll take that but then if it i guess it moves so far in their favor they might hedge out just part of it and take part of the ev if you get what i mean but um 
but yeah, but no, completely. Just, my point is, if you've done all the homework, and yeah. you've done all the work, and you make someone a bet thirty-three to one, if you've done all the work and they're winning or they're in the final, well, when they're in the final, you, 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 the only way that might not work out is if you're in the final and you're playing somebody or you're up against somebody you never expected or something's gone wrong along the tournament, the best player, like, for example, Denmark, Christian Eriksen, we can't legislate for anything like that. That may have a difference in your opinion on how you see the final without their best player. Things like that. But if you actually make someone a bet, I think you, I think you stick with it, Mark, my point of view. Yeah, no, no, and as, as soon as you hedge out of a bet fully, you've just lost all that expected value too. I mean, obviously... Um, you know, bets bets can lose a thirty-three to one that that shortens to a two to one. You know, also, also the other thing about betting, it really comes to how much you need, how much you need the money. <laughs> yeah, that's so a good if, point, isn't if, it? If you're completely skinned and you need that three hundred quid cash out, and get the three hundred quid. If, if you're not getting <laughs> three hundred quid, more on and go again. Yeah, no, well said, mate. Um, all right. Uh, I think that just about does it. Got a few nice comments coming in here from uh, Oli Jean. He's been giving you shit all stream, Nigel, but he said, good stream, mate. Uh, and, and how good's this one? Someone says, uh, Alex is a legend. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try pronounce your name, mate, because then I'll, I'll really be letting you down, mate. But I, Is he yeah, watching but, the right stream? Hey, hey, George, mate. Let, well, let's be honest. The check is in the mail, but, I mean, a comment's a comment. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll go we'll go with that. Best best bets of the of the quarter. Sorry, mate. Tim is it Timich Robic Robic, a legend in um, in he must be from Czechoslovakia. Legend in in Czechoslovakia. If you do Google, actually means dickhead. But um, I, I, that's what I said. <laughs> I said Alex is a legend, but I'm saying they don't actually mean a legend. If you look at Czechoslovakian interpretation for, for uh, it doesn't mean what you think it is. <laughs> uh, look, look uh, it, it's not one of your best jokes, Nigel, but it's pretty good considering. It is from it's from Slovenia. All right, best bets for the quarterfinals. I'll go to you first, Nigel, mate. Your favourite bet out of those four games we've gone through today? I think Denmark at two point one. I think Denmark is too big. Um, I think they get the job, job done. I also like England to win to nil. Um, Probably Denmark. Denmark will be my best bet. Yep. Love it. And uh, and George, I feel like the expression on your face shows that maybe Nigel nabbed a little bet from you there, mate. No, that's right. He discussed it first. So uh, we'll let him have that one. But no, my otherwise my best pick, definitely Denmark uh, at 2.1. But uh, make it a little bit different. Um, I'm going to go with a half-time draw uh, in England-Ukraine. I think Nigel put it perfectly. I think... Heart, the second half is when we'll see action from the bench and I think that'll be the game changer for me but yeah I can see it being quite tight and cagey particularly in Rome uh, so yeah half time draw at 2.25 in England versus Ukraine yeah great comment here from uh, Paul Robinson as he, I don't think he realised he had caps lock on as he tried to capitalise the first letters <laughs> Sorry, Paul, you've had a shocker, mate. But uh, he, he has put in a great point here. He says, guys, remember anything can happen. England uh, could not beat Scotland. So, yes, anything can happen in betting, and it's very important to to keep in mind as we place our bets. Yes, Nigel? Where is Scotland now? They're at home Sorry, watching mate? England. Oh. They're at home watching England in the quarterfinals. That's yep. it. It doesn't make no difference. Yeah, well said, mate. And uh, let's go mug bet for this one for the for the uh, for the for the quarterfinals. I've already placed it. I mean, I placed it at two point three seven, so it's definitely not a mug bet. And that was England to win to nil because uh, that's shortened into twos at, at a lot of bookies here. But I think you'd still take England to win to nil at two point one five. You can get a red zone there. You can get. 2.1 at Betfred and, and Sport Nation. So I know George mentioned that one too, but I think that's a uh, that's a very good bet. Gentlemen, I think we put in a superb performance today, especially you, Nigel, mate. I mean, the man's had four hours sleep. He's uh, had an... Un- I can't even count how many Stellas the man's had yesterday. And look at it. You wouldn't... You couldn't tell. You couldn't tell by his voice, could you? Couldn't tell by my eye, could you? Yeah. I'm glad I'm not. A, I'm glad I'm not a mirror in your house. My word. <laughs> I say, a mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And they say George. <laughs> <laughs> 
You going around to George's <clears throat> nan's house for the for the England game, Nigel? Uh, I'm not. No, she, she. She. I'm not going to see her. No. I'm. Um, uh, I'm. I'll be. I'm going to have to make. To be fair, I need a couple of days rest because I'm going to the semi-final, and I'm going to the final. So I, I need to get my feet up and just get the voice back. Can't be singing "Sweet Caroline" with this voice anymore. No, to be fair, my my nan was a great host considering she's been dead for ten years. Like fair play to the woman. Yeah. <laughs> she's always watching over Georgie. I hope not. I hope not always. <laughs> <laughs> Especially at uh, twelve. What is it? Eleven o'clock now on a on a on a what is it? Thursday night, Wednesday night. Fuck, whatever. I give up. All right, where uh, you can find these uh, gentlemen on on Twitter at C George Gamble and George underscore C G G. Follow both accounts. They're always great information for you all. And you can find Nigel at Sealy underscore Nigel and check out premiersportsplays.com where George features too. You can check out his <laughs> Copper America stuff and and you can check out Nigel's Euros and Wimbledon. I mean, the man's just, he's a man of many talents. So uh, make sure to check those out. We will be back on, on Monday night, European time. Uh, to preview the semi-finals, so that should be very exciting. So everyone join along like you have today and send that the questions have just been incredible today, all the comments, most of some great discussion about England there. Um, so, yeah, look forward to that on Monday night. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Please do a quick rate and review of the show. And if you're on the screen, uh, the stream still, please give it a like, subscribe, show your friends. Uh, it's always very much appreciated. And if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today, uh, especially the value betting ones, please start a free week trial of TradeMate Sports and start your value betting journey gentlemen we will catch up after the quarterfinals and uh enjoy enjoy another england victory hey nigel i'm so i'm so get my voice back buddy <laughs> see you fellas cheers take care